0: Alright, before I start the show, I wanna give you something for free. That that really makes you listen, doesn't it? There are three times in life where people will listen no matter what. If someone says, hey, I know someone who wants to sleep with you, in your brain, you're like, wait, what? Who? How? How did they who really? You're in. You wanna know. <laughs> what have they heard about me? Have they have they seen game film? Right? Could be anybody. But in your brain, you think it's someone fantastic. Wait, what? Really? Someone wants to sleep with me? Uh, Second time that you will pay attention if someone says, hey, I've got free booze. And you're like, I'm in. Right? And the third thing is, I want to give something to you. Those are the three times in life that you will pay attention no matter how uh, busy you are. I want to give you something. It's my new book. It's called... Malraux, and The Midnight Organ Fight. It is a young adult novel about murder. It's about two young teen detectives trying to solve a series of murders one summer in San Francisco that happens to be a very bloody summer indeed. They have a detective agency. uh, You know, Weston and Malraux are sort of like Holmes and Watson. Uh, It's a Sherlock Holmes cover version set against... Uh, San Francisco's Outer Sunset District. There's thrash metal, Russians swinging cleavers, wearing bird's masks. There's uh, ninjas in Tom Ford suits. It's true. Uh, There's organ removal, thrash metal, uh, gunplay, and a love story. And I want to give it to you. It's October, so the time to give you this book is this month. That does not sound like a uh, Christmas description, does it? Well, it's not. It is a Halloween-themed type book, okay? That's an awkward way of putting it, uh, but uh, that's how we're doing it right now. Here's how I'm going to give you the book. All you have to do is write to me and tell me how you're going to be spending your Halloween, my favorite day of the year, my absolute favorite day of the year. I want to know how you're spending it. Uh, We're not going to be able to do much this year, so hopefully... You're doing something fun, you've gotten innovative, you've created an alternative Halloween reality. Go ahead and lie if you have to. Sexy vampire party. I've been invited to one. I have in Norway. Am I going to go? No, I'm not going cuz Norway won't have me. But I've been invited by I imagine some very tall uh vampires. They sound lovely. It's uh Jennifer is her name and her three friends are uh, her sub-vampires. Uh, she didn't tell me their names, but she did send me a picture, and everyone's rather fetching. That's all I'm going to say. When I when I uh, saw that picture, I thought, boy, what I wouldn't do to go to Oslo. I didn't quite put it that way in my brain, but for radio, it was, boy, I sure wish I could manage a way to go to Oslo. Anyway, listen, all you have to do is email me, editor at stereoembersmagazine.com and tell me how you're spending your Halloween. The person who's spending their Halloween in the most interesting, exciting, innovative, and cool way wins a copy of my book. I will sign it, and I will send it to you. Now, I'm not as wealthy as Amazon, so don't expect, you know, if you're to win, same-day drone delivery, but do expect that in a couple of weeks there will be a package on your doorstep, and it will be delivered with love. Ah, I... <laughs> i'm alex green and this is stereo embers the podcast check this out
1: sorry that Is what you see. That is the
0: music of my guest today on the program, Jesse Wagner. Let me tell you a little bit about Jesse Wagner. So you've heard Jesse Wagner before, but when you heard her, you didn't know that it was her. And now when I play you her music, you're going to always know That it's her. Let me explain. (laughs) That sounds crazy. That sounds like I've completely lost my mind, but I haven't, and I'm gonna tell you why. So Jesse Wagner has toured the world for years, singing on stage with Lenny Kravitz, Duran Duran, and little Steven. The Virginia born Wagner, who now lives in New York, also fronts the rock band Army of the Underdog. But she decided it was time to step into the spotlight under her own name. And that's exactly What Jessie Wagner Did. Her debut album, Shoes Droppin', finds Wagner emerging from the background with a powerful, riveting, and altogether moving album of her own material. A mix of R&B, blues, and rootsy acoustic numbers, Shoes Droppin' brings to mind everyone from Bill Withers to Patti Griffin to Roberta Flack to Fleetwood Mac. It's breezy, it's thoughtful, and it's soulfully precise. And it's one of my favorite albums of the year. I can't wait for you to meet her. This is me and Jesse Wagner having a chat right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Three,
2: you know, the beginning of the year, I was playing the, the album came out you know it's like oh it's gonna be exciting you know it, it I was supposed to be on the road this month so it, it's been daunting you know, trying to find ways to promote you know through live streams or social media or whatever, whatever um, and and connect with people even though you can't physically be with them are you pretty good
0: at improvising and going okay well that was the plan and now that's not the plan anymore <laughs>
2: You know, I need like a day to eat my cookie dough ice cream and recover. <laughs> and and then I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you are so you're pretty resilient. You can bounce back.
2: I I try to be. I think I am. I you know, I think you have to be if you're going to be a musician um because there's nothing guaranteed. Everything is so up and down. I mean, even when, you know, I was touring, whoever I was touring with might get sick, you know, and that means the end of the tour, you know, gigs get canceled. So you have to have some layer of, of thickness to handle all the, the ups and downs that come with this industry.
0: Right. But when it's your record and it's, it's your project, it's totally different, right?
2: It is different. It's, um, yeah, it's my baby. You know, I've I've supported so many different artists over the years, and it, and it's great to be on stage with them and get an idea of what it's like to be the person, you know, the the main person up front. And and I was so looking forward to just knowing that feeling. I mean, I, I've done small gigs, you know, here and there. You know, it's, I've I've been singing with bands and and as Jesse Wagner for for years, but this was like the pinnacle. You know, I got yeah. the deal. I got the album. Um, so, I'm not going to say that I'm not disappointed, but I'm not, it's, it's not the end. You know, there's, there's more to come. This is a bump and, and uh, hopefully once we get over this bump, I can get out there, get on the road, connect with more people. Um, and I'm really happy with the response that the singles have gotten so far. Yeah. So when, you know, someone will, will send me a message on Instagram, like, oh, I just heard your song on the radio, and I'm like, oh my God, that's so exciting. It still excites me, you know, whenever I hear someone say that, so.
0: I mean, I think it's just so nice to hear someone say the word radio.
2: Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, it. I mean, I'm so old school that way that I just feel like the idea that a song can still be played on the radio and someone can hear it.
2: Exactly, uh, yeah, really
0: kind of gratifying. I, I always wondered with you know with Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. I thought he took really good notes. I thought when 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 he was playing drums behind Kurt Cobain. Mm -hmm. Um, because he became a front man you could tell that he you could tell he paid attention to what Kurt Cobain was doing Mm -hmm. Um, have you have you over the years taken pretty assiduous notes in terms of who you are touring with and going oh they do it that way that's kind of interesting that works maybe I'll twist that a little bit
2: I I think I have my own personal style on how I present myself on stage I, I think the one thing I wanted to learn more from the people I work with is the behind the scenes, because that's what really pushes the machine. Um, Stage presence, once I figured out who I was, the kind of performer I was on stage, that was it. You know, this, this is Jesse and, you know, I I don't want, I don't necessarily want to be Stevie Van Zandt or be Lenny Kravitz, even though I'm a huge fan and he is my idol. and And I did want to have the same kind of recognition as someone like a Lenny Kravitz and and be in the same vein as that, but I'm not going to go out and and mimic his style because that's not who I am. I'm going to be authentically Jesse Wagner. Um, But now their business acumen. Now that's, that's the key. That's what, you know, it's admirable to see someone like Lenny Kravitz who's had such an, an expansive career years and years and he's not struggling he's not on the street corner you know yep. <laughs> to, you know talking about bankruptcy or whatever you know he yep. knows how he reinvents himself he um, he takes on on other things he expands his his abilities and 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 i feel like okay you can't just be one thing you have to be able to multitask take on other things and even even though Stephen keeps it mostly Stephen Van Zandt when he keeps it mostly relates to the music I mean he still has his radio station he still plays to all his strengths you know he did the acting so I, I love how these guys maneuver they know how to to hire the right kind of people the people that you can trust and but but they always know what's happening they keep close eyes on everything around them everybody I've worked with was very good at keeping a close eye on everything and, and and knowing how the machine worked. And I'm still I'm still getting there, you know, as far as yeah. knowing how the machine works because I just want to go on stage, you know. Yeah. I, I just right. want to I just want to put on makeup and pretty clothes and sing and dance about, you know. Yeah. But but to have a career, you have to know what's going on be, behind all of that. And and I really admire everyone I've worked with because they they didn't fall into the same traps they they kept their heads on straight and even if you know they may have played to certain rock and roll um stereotypes here and there uh but they still kept it together they still kept the business together and i i really admire that and i hope i can be that kind of artist so i can have the longevity i want longevity
0: yeah. I, I love hearing you say this because it's really important. People who listen to the show that are young musicians that are just right. getting started, you know, you have this amazing access to these incredible people um, and you paid attention to what was going on behind the scenes, which is, I mean, I just want to reiterate how, how clever that is of, of you to have done because <laughs> just, you know, cause to just go on stage and then leave is to miss this opportunity of like, well, how does this thing actually run?
2: right and there's so many cogs so many pieces and and uh and if you're just not paying attention that's how you get lost in the shuffle and people can take advantage of you and and i've been fortunate that i've had a lot of people that i've worked with that really look out for me that have my back and i feel like my label especially wicked cool wicked cool I, I trust them and I know they will help me and work with me and teach me what I need to know. Should I get to that? When I get to that point, <laughs> when I can get out and tour, yeah. Yes, when I can yeah. get out and tour. So um, it, you have to make sure you have the, the right kind of people around you and, and and yes, watch what's going on behind the scenes. It's fun to be on stage. That's what we do it. You know, it's in our blood. We're so excited to have that camera in our face or to have those fans in our faces, you know, that, that drives us. but you know, at the end of the day, that's that hour of the day, and then it's gone, you know, right. and then you still have to deal with the rest of, of the machine that's moving your career. And and that's the most important part. So, yeah, you know, young people learn the business. I'm i
0: telling you, that is such a good point to bring up. It really <laughs> is. I feel like, I feel like Cheryl Crow, yeah. Um, whose career started in the same way that yours did. I think she paid attention too. I think she was someone who did the exact same thing that you're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and again, longevity, she's still going, still running and still well-respected and still has her means. And I, res- I respect that. You you hear so many tragic stories of whatever happened to such and such. And yeah, they're, they're you know, they're living on welfare or whatever. And, and you know, right. things happen. I'm not gonna say, you know, tragic things happen, but, Again, Lenny Kravitz, Stevie Van Zandt, Kid Rock, Nile Rodgers, these guys were smart. They're talented, but they're smart with their business. And that, that's, what, that's how you keep it going. That's how you do tours for 20, 30, 40 years. <laughs>
0: right, right. And for those who don't know, I mean, Sheryl Crow sang background for uh, Michael Jackson, backup for Michael Jackson, right. Don, for, mm-hmm. the, for Don Henley. The, I mean, right, what you're saying is is so valuable. And I want to go back to what you said a few minutes ago, where you were saying once I figured out who Jesse was on stage, like who that what that persona was, mm-hmm. how how did you arrive at that? And how long did it take for you to go, Okay, this is who I am on stage. This is my persona.
2: Um, I I guess i I don't know the exact length of time. I think you just kind of once you figure it out, you fall into it. So when I first started I my my big act that I started with was Chic and um, I remember uh, I sang solos here and there and um, I also sang. there was another female so there was like two front females as part of Chic and she pulled me aside she's like okay we're gonna we're gonna watch a video and I want you to, to look at what you're doing on stage and she, she pointed out so many things. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What, what is that? <laughs> and, and she's like, honey, honey, you, you need to, you know, you see all this. That's great for this, you know, for that section, but you need to try and work it out on this section. So her, her advice and and her teaching really helped hone my skills. Cause if I didn't have that, I think I would just be flailing about on stage not that I don't flail about on stage (laughs) because I do (laughs) if anybody's seen me as I I exude a lot of energy um but you have to know you know when to bring it back when to rein it in especially if you're singing with someone else um you 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 know as much as you like being in the spotlight you, you you can't steal the spotlight so you have to know you have to know the balance of it, and um, it, once you figure out the balance, then you know what what it's, what's good for yourself too. So I applied everything that I learned well with my first big gig with with Chic into when I was doing my own live shows, um, and and then I kind of felt my rhythm. I learned my own rhythm, That's and true. I and I and I realized okay, this is what I want to give more of. This is what I want to hold back on, and. You know, then then it's like okay, this is who Jesse is on stage. Jesse, it, it's kind of quirky, kind of silly, kind of sexy, kind of fun. You know, and 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 that's what I what I try to give in every performance. Um, but I think it it took having someone else sh- kind of walk walk it through with me. Yeah. To, so I could actually look at it. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> what is that? Um, and then you know, once you 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 see what you need to work on and just through practice trial and error and gig after gig after gig, then you find your rhythm.
0: Was that a painful moment? Did it sting a little bit when she was like, let's sit down and talk about you. Was it, was that like, (laughs) I mean, how was that?
2: It, I mean, it was, it was good. It was helpful. I don't, I didn't resent her doing that. I appreciated her doing that Um, because she could have just let me continue to act a fool on stage. But no, she she took me aside and was like, I want to help you. So it, it, it came from a, a loving place. So yeah, ego aside, you, you can't let that, t- especially in this industry, you know, yeah. it's good to have confidence, but you can't let your ego just override everything because you will get knocked down <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than once. Um, so I, I knew she was coming from a place of love t- and to make the show better. And she did, it did make the show better by, by helping me, by teaching me. Um, and, and you could tell by the reaction from the audience. So, you know, yeah, in the moment I was like, oh, I, I think I felt more embarrassed yeah. than anything. Yeah. Um, but I was grateful. For those, for those lessons, for the, that teaching, because it made me a better performer.
0: Well, I'm a writer and when I was in graduate school, I wrote these pieces and my professor wrote me a note saying, here's all the things that you do that are just really wrong. And my first thought was, you don't know me. I'm, right. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, I, I got like really resentful and really um, hurt. And then I realized that the spirit of it is not to hurt you. The spirit right. of it is to make you better. Yeah right. um and it's really really important when you're an artist to be able to take a note. Exactly. Right?
2: It, it's hard because as artists we are very sensitive. Yeah. And and and, and once you like you're doing something cuz I, I I write dance songs on the side for DJs and you know I'll get, I'll think I wrote like this banger and I'm like playing it back for my engineer. My engineer is like, oh my God, that's the best thing ever. And then we send it off for approval and the DJ comes back and is like, what is this?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, right.
2: You know, so you have right. to, it, it's a humbling experience. It's like, you know, you you have to be able, again, It has. it comes back to resilience. You have to be able to accept what it is that needs to be done, move forward with it, and and keep it rolling and and it, it applies to every part of this industry you know even when i'm i was writing with my bands and, and, and you my, know my, my uh drummer would come to me and he's like jess uh, i don't know about this or maybe you need to add another verse and, and at first the artist in me is like this is perfect the way it is it's perfect and and right. then i had to sit with it and i was like okay well dave maybe you're right okay i i do need to fix this so <laughs> yeah you 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 have to be able to take the criticism and it's hard sometimes it's really hard i'm not going to lie sometimes <laughs> uh, th- there have been times i've been with with artists and and they've come to me and they're like you were a little flat oh and in that, and in that moment i couldn't i couldn't handle it in that moment i was just it was like it tore me apart you know cuz we're about to go on stage and i'm like why would you tell me before we go on stage that you know the last performance i was a little flat you know right but, but I can't let that show in my performance. I have to go out and give the audience what they are expecting, what they're wanting from me. So it it, it it's you have to check your ego. That's yeah. that's lesson number two, yeah. <laughs> definitely check the no, ego. <laughs>
0: you're right. And when someone says to you, "Hey, you were a little flat," is is your first reflex to go, "No, I wasn't,"
2: <laughs> 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 or
1: <you> talking about? <laughs>
2: And, you know, I, I guess I and then, in that moment. I was like, why are you telling me this right before we go on stage. Right. <laughs> I was like, I don't need this in my head, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, he was trying to give me a constructive note. So I won't do it again for this performance. So I had to accept in that moment that's what he was trying to do even though i just wanted to be like i'm going to go back to my dressing room you know? right, right. But, he, but you can't do that you know it's, it's, it's not about me it's about the music it's about the performance it's it's about this artist i'm supporting yeah. you know, check the ego.
0: <laughs> when they say flat, does they, do they mean energy level or do they mean actual quality of the, the voice?
2: No, I, I guess I was singing a little flat at the, the last show and, and one particular song. I mean, it, it happens, you know, I, I can't say I'm always perfectly on pitch. There are times, yeah. uh, you know, I've I've listened back and I was like, oh God, did I actually do that? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. you know, you're not one, you know, I try to, I strive for a hundred every night and if I hit it, yes, that's great. If I don't, you know, I'm still giving everything I got. It's just, you know, the voice is, is tricky sometimes. And sometimes it gets away from you. You could be sick, tired, all these things affect your voice. Yeah. And even if you're, you know, exuding all the energy in the world, if you have a cold, you know, you may not you, know, you might hear differently you know it so things happen and so i'm pretty sure it was possible that i was flat that last show um so again i i had to check my ego you know yeah. I, I i don't want people to, to tell me you're flat no <laughs> but right. it, it happens it does happen
0: are you in terms of being protective of your voice because your voice is your livelihood yeah. um, do you and and I, I mean this sort of like before coronavirus? Were, <laughs> were you if somebody was coughing next to you on the subway? Do you? Are you really sort of? I don't want to say are you germaphobic, but are you kind of germaphobic? <laughs> are you sort of? Like-
2: I mean, I try you know, not to be, um, you know, obvious if I'm like turning away or putting my face right. into my shirt. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be rude, <laughs> but you know, if if someone is coughing next to me, I do kind of like jerk response, move away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I I I think some singers are more uh, uh, they're more aware of that kind of thing than I am. You know, I, I know singers that, that have a separate suitcase arsenal full of like herbs and, and pulses and, and all kinds of, you know, tinctures and, and potions, yeah. you know, for their voice and me, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll th- take some throat coat and some hauls and, and call it a day.
0: <laughs> You're good. And oh, I'm
2: good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about
0: like? What about? I've heard that certain foods, like nightshades, can sometimes be not the best for the voice. Or do you think about also diet stuff too in terms of nurturing the voice?
2: I am not as good as I should be, you know, because yeah, I think, you know, they say don't eat cheese, and I would eat pizza before I'd go on stage. You know? <laughs>
0: Oh cuz dairy right cuz dairy right dairy is bad
2: yeah. right you know but you know there would be other things people were like oh you should eat chips before you go on stage so i was like yeah let me let me get some chips get that salt down in there. yeah, <laughs> right,
1: yeah. You know? i never heard um, that one
2: yeah, yeah uh i was a mark rivera he would always eat like potato chips or chips or, or um french fries or something cuz he would like the salt from the chips or something would would coat his throat and he would have like um apple cider vinegar and 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 i and i would do that now i've i've tried a lot of cookie things like shots of hot sauce that actually works for me um apple cider vinegar i love throat yeah Uh, i love throat coat i i tend to drink it before performance um any kind of tea with honey I, i i do try to do that before performance um but generally yeah i will eat you know pizza and, and all kind of crap <laughs> That's
1: funny.
2: I, I i i should do better about that um but you know i don't drink i don't smoke i do other things to protect my voice if if i know i have an important show i'm gonna go on vocal rest i'm not gonna talk all day and, and you know yell and scream I, I do try to to be conscious of how i'm using it yeah. Um, but yeah i i'm i'm a foodie i like to eat so <laughs>
0: how's your how is your in terms of your daily practice do you do you sing every day do you practice every day and and if you don't should you
2: i find that i do singing every day because i'm i'm generally writing every day I'm, i'm not doing something for myself then i'm doing something for somebody else so i'm always using my instrument and i will say this since the the virus has hit the beginning i wasn't really doing much of anything i was kind of uh Sorry, I'm in a am <laughs> in a rehearsal space. No, that's um, right. uh, I fine. I wasn't as cognizant of how I was using my voice, and I remember the first live stream I did, my voice was really tired. And I was like, oh, oh, this is why you continually do the warm-ups, why you, 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 you do have to keep singing, because your voice will be like, oh, what are you trying to do to me now, you know? <laughs> yeah. I felt it, I totally felt it um so now i've been singing a lot definitely been singing a lot more because of i have been writing a lot more and and working doing session work um so it it does keep my voice up to par um but it is good to to, you know if you're if you don't have anything just sing anyway you know keep keep your instrument polished you know exercise your instrument (laughs)
0: did you realize in your life that singing is your superpower and that you really felt self-actualized and in, in, in a way that like this is what I want to do like I don't want to be a lawyer I want to be I want to sing like what when did that happen
2: it happened in college actually what? I was yeah I was in college um, I was an academic I always had like an acting bug you know I was I was thinking if if I ever did anything in the arts it would probably be acting more so than anything because i was still it was weird i was shy but when i was on stage i came out of my 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 shell some kind of way and like if i could be a character it was it was like it was fun to be someone else i didn't have to be the shy jessica um but in college i did this pageant and everybody was doing a dramatic monologue, including me. And the pageant director was like, I've heard you sing. And, and I had sung, you know, I grew up in the church. You sing in the church. Um, I did plays in high school, things like that. So I, it's not like I was foreign to singing. I would right. sing. Um, and the pageant director was like, I've heard you sing. You're going to sing. This is what you need to do. And I was terrified. And somehow he convinced me to do it. And I ended up winning. I, I won the pageant <laughs> and all of a sudden, all these opportunities to perform, to sing, to write, uh, which is, was something I hadn't really been doing, you know, it, but it, 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 I wrote poetry, but it, it was like a natural transition to write poetry into music. So it was almost like divine intervention at that point. You know, I, I felt a godly presence shift my whole life because, yeah. After that moment, just all these things started raining down, pointing in the direction you need to sing, you need to sing, you need to sing. And even getting to New York, uh, like I, w- I was uh, working at a pharmaceutical company and they moved me to New York to, to, for a job I applied for. So I didn't have to be like a starving musician. I, I had work. And I was able to to take care of myself while I was auditioning and looking for gigs and, and all kinds of stuff. And even, even when I got the sheet gig, which came, kind of came out of the blue, um, I, you know, this, this one of these ladies that I, I used to call on when I was working as a pharmaceutical rep, she was like, Jesse, come live with me. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> you know, so it, I had all these lovely, um, strange occurrences that kept directing me down this path. And I know it was divine intervention because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. it's right. like, I, I felt that, you know, I was on stage and I felt that calling. Because so I always had the acting thing is like, I always wanted to be on stage, but I was like, no, I'm gonna, be an acad- I'm gonna be an academic, I you know, that's why I'm in college, you know, my family respects that. But, it, you know, that moment I, I was on stage, I was like, this is, this is where I belong. I, I i love being here and then more opportunities just started coming 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 coming
0: because that i mean really that is kind of late to to have realized that in, in terms right. of right i mean you because you grew up in which state where are you from originally
2: oh i'm all over the place i was born in virginia i'm a southern okay. girl yeah and i went to school in alabama so okay. um, yeah so, so my fa- my family pushed academics you know my my sister was actually the one who was supposed to be the singer because she was very flamboyant and and you know she would get in your face hi I'm Javon. you know she she's a great <laughs> personality and everybody thought I had no personality you know my, my mom used to affectionately call me her her space cadet so <laughs> I was just this weird little kid and I but I would act off in the corner to myself and create plays and and, and even sing to myself you know I had like a little tree stump in the backyard and, and I would compose things to myself so I was I was an odd I was an odd child um, and and but I always did excelled in school so my family pushed the, you know you know you're you're a smart girl you know do do the academics my mom was like I don't care what you do as long as you get a college education so you know I was like you know I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna get an education and then oh! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know right. The, the God took over and, and, and directed me where I was supposed to be.
0: I teach college for a living, and I have never had a student say to me, I won't be in class, I have a pageant. <laughs> 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 How did you? How did you get involved in a pageant in college?
2: No, it, it was it was the Miss Oakwood pageant. It was from my college. So okay. Yes. <laughs> I okay. was I, I was the queen of my college.
0: <laughs> Got it. Okay. I, I teach at a small liberal arts school here in, in like outside of Berkeley, and and mm-hmm. we, we're too small to have something like that. But now that makes sense. I'm like, wait. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs>
0: um, by the way, you have so much personality. Your sister must be a force of nature. If she if, if is, you're the quiet one.
2: I'm the quiet one. When she comes around, I it's almost like I revert back to my 10 year old self, you know, she because she's like the the cloud of sunshine. And then, you know, I'm hiding behind <laughs> in it somewhere. Yeah, but, uh, it, it, it's funny. my mom is too. They're both these these huge personalities. And, and I kind of I get swallowed up when when I'm when I'm with them. It's, it's, it's a complete, you know, 180. But then Again, when I, when I get to be on stage, when I get to talk about music, it's it's I get to, to be that part of myself that isn't the space cadet shy little girl, you know?
0: <laughs> I love the story because I love the fact that you came to this later. I, I think that's so cool. You got, you finished college, you got your education and then it, because a lot of people will say, oh, I was five years old and I, I sang a song in the mirror and I went, I want to be this. But for you, right. you, the fact that it came to you a little bit later um, is really an interesting trajectory. I never thought there was a pharmaceutical component to
1: your, to your career. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> the good kind of pharmaceutical, you know. Yes, the, you the, legal yes, yes. the legal kind. The good kind.
0: kind. <laughs> um, because like you in the old days like they would say like oh well, you always have a college education to fall back on, right? They, right. Always, they always say that's your plan B.
2: And that's that was my mom. That was my mom and dad, you know, and they pushed that and I and I was the, the child that listened, you know. I was the one that did what my parents. Did. So, they, so you get the college education I don't care what you do as long as you get it, and and that's the path I chose.
0: Ever since the sheet, you booked that sheet gig, it's mm-hmm. been literally like it's just kept going in that direction, right? There's never been a moment where it's like maybe I should go back to pharmaceuticals, like that. COVID, COVID, oh, COVID right? <laughs> Except for now.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so, that's so, so true.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but that but that part of you, that sort of artistic part of you, it sounds like you're feeding it with. You discovered like I like to write. I like to collaborate. I like to, right? So you have all these different sort of areas where you get to exercise the artistic side of you, which is so cool.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah. And I've been very blessed and very fortunate. And, you know, I thank God for Niall for taking a chance on me again, because I was completely green when the sheet gig came along. And, you know, I, I think I he's like, okay, she can sing, but I think it was because I fit the look. You know with the other other people in the band and and it and it worked so he took a chance on a you know a complete novice uh and and from that i was able to continue to learn and grow with each artist that i was able to work with
0: how did you in terms of having such a great opportunity was there a moment where you were like oh my god i have to nail this how much pressure did you put on yourself to for that initial Gig that you booked.
2: I think I'm always putting so much pressure on myself, and I think that's consistent with every artist you'll probably ever talk to. It's like we're we're our worst critics. So when you know, I was up. You try not to be in your head. You try to be in the moment. And but I was like, oh my god, this is my chance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tour. So you know, so yeah, you want to make sure you nail everything. And and I just remember leaving, and I was like, well, you know, it went well. I was really happy because they seem to like me you know so i was like that's right. a good sign and there have been times in in, in other auditions i was like oh god you know why did i do that why did i you know sing that part why did i wear that outfit and that happens a lot too and and, and i try not to go down the rabbit hole um because if you if you stayed in that direction you are never going to audition again <laughs> right, you know, it, right. It, 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 it's more rejection than it is acceptance <laughs> Yeah.
0: And, and there's also something about coming to it. And I I keep sort of, this is interesting to me, but like Justin Bieber, who makes it at nine or whatever he was when he made it, he still feels nine to me. Like, even Mm -hmm. though he's a married man in his, in his mid twenties, he still seems like a little boy. And and, and the theory behind that is that when you get famous too young, you become arrested at that moment. Mm -hmm. You got famous. You don't, you don't develop as a human being first.
2: Right. Um, yeah. so it really
0: it, it can really get in the way. Um have you thought about your in terms of persona? Like when you think of Jesse on stage, do you think of yourself in the third person? Like is Jesse on stage different than the Jesse I'm just chatting with now or like do you think about that?
2: I and I think it's it's the same, Jesse. I, I think when I'm in large social settings, that's when I revert back to the the shy girl. Um, but when'm I'm, I'm doing these one on one interviews and, I, and I'm able to talk about the music and talk about because it's such a, it enlivens me. It gives me so much spirit and energy and, and excitement. So it's easy to talk about. Um, I love talking about it, and i love I love being on stage. Um, I, I think I do have a little social anxiety sometimes <laughs> yeah. um, uh, that I still have to work on. Um, but, it, but again, I went through most of my awkward phases in life before i I, I got to a point where I was recognized. you know, that's what and, I'm
0: saying. exactly.
2: So and, and you and, and unfortunately, you see a lot of those younger stars. Trying to find themselves, trying to find what it is their, in their music, you know, their their clothes, their identity. You know, you saw Miley Cyrus go through it. You know, yeah. I guess Justin Bieber kind of did the same thing. Um, it, you know, and I. It's it unfortunate. It's it's great for them that they found the success. You know, we all want to find the success, but yeah. Then, but now you're you're having to be under this microscope while you're discovering who you are. Um, and I I think yeah. I I pretty much know knew who Jesse was. I think when I wrote started writing the album that's coming out October ninth, that was a, a a moment of of extreme self doubt, um, and and that's because so many bad things were happening to me all at once in my life, mm. and you know and then I I wasn't satisfied with what I was giving as a singer. You know I went back to taking lessons and. And uh, so between, it's like who I, who am I as a singer? Who am I as a person? Uh, and, and you can hear a lot of that in the record, in the songs, um, and me, you know, figuring out, learning acceptance, figuring out how much longer I want to, I want to try and give this, to, to give to this kind of lifestyle because it's not an easy lifestyle. No, it, it it takes so much out of you, and and. Um, And it, and again, like we were saying before, there's more no's than there are yes's, it can beat down on you. Um, and especially if you're always living for another artist, you're kind of at their whim too. So it's a lot of freedom and then there's no freedom, you know, cause they'll be, Oh, are you coming home for Thanksgiving? I have a gig, you know, are you going to your best friend's wedding? I thought I was, and then a gig came up. I can't say no. You know, these, all these things happen with this career. It's such a unique living situation, unlike any other kind of job. Um, so, you know, so it, you get to a point in your life, oh my God, I've been doing this for so many years. Can I keep going with this? And, and I think so many artists grapple with that. And once they feel like, oh, I'm done, then something pushes them to say, no, no, you're not. You got to keep going. You got to keep fighting for it because it, it's it's who you are. It's so much a part of you,
0: yeah. Yeah, and you're right, because if in your old job, you could say, my best friend's wedding is May 4th. I'm gonna, I won't be, I'll take vacation time, and it's all very tidy. But you know, if Lenny Kravitz says there's a gig and you have to be there, it's like, I'm not going to a best friend's wedding then, I
2: guess. That happened, that's exactly what happened. It, It was a Lenny Kravitz gig, and they thought it was one date. And I was like, oh my God, that's great, I'll fly in you know, do my, go to my best friend's wedding and then I'll come back and do the gig. And they were like, no, it's this date, which happened to be the same day. And I was devastated, Um, you know, because it's my best friend since we are 15, you know, we we grew up together and I just, I cried and cried and cried. And you hope that, you know, that your loved ones will understand because it's not something easy to understand, you know, it's like, you know, why can't you come? It's just, you know just tell them you can't make it. It's like, I, I can't do that. You know, right. <laughs> they'll right. find someone else. It doesn't work like that. You know?
0: I mean, um, But it is a really good excuse. You can go, listen, <laughs> um, Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> <Come on." laughs>
2: you know, fortunately my best friend was very understanding. She, yeah. she get it. She gets it. And, and she even like had like, a, she invited me to like this, the signing of the, um, certificates ceremony. Okay. And so I got to still be a part of that moment, but you know, I saw pictures, and when I saw pictures, I just cried. Oh. And, you know, and, but that's the life, and, and you know, it, it's not an easy one. You, you book gigs, and and once the gig is booked, it, it's hard to, to find ways around that, you know? It <laughs> yeah. I mean, what,
0: what you're saying is, again, really instructive for any artist of any kind, is that you have pledged yourself to an unconventional life. Exactly. Right, Where it's like, <laughs> you might be working on a Saturday, Ah, uh, you don't have a Friday night free because there's a gig. You don't you don't have the template that most people have because you're living an artistic life, which is unpredictable exactly. and the hours are peculiar. Right. Um,
2: but and you have to go when the gig comes. Yeah. If if you know it's feast or famine with this industry. It's great when you're working. When you're not working, it hurts. Yeah. You know. So if a gig comes up. And you, and, and you're like, oh, I need to, you know, squirrel away some more nuts for the winter. You have to take it. So it, it, there is no, oh, I, I'm going to hold off on this. No. And you don't want to get forgotten either. Right. That's the other thing, you know, you have to be like, yeah, I can, these people have to know they can depend on you to, they can call on you. Um, and that's how you continue to work. I've been fortunate because I have a reputation of being dependable. Mm-hmm. And doing my job and, and you know not getting into funny business I when I'm on the road, I, I I take care of my business, I show up on time, I do my job and I don't let anything else get in the way and that's how I've been able to continuously book gigs. So it's, it's difficult yeah
0: yeah because if you if you say to Lenny Kravitz you know my best friend's wedding is in two weeks <laughs> I really I mean that's not something that you really can say right like you just can't do that right and and, and the, yeah. the Right. And the good news about the, about that is that you brand yourself as somebody who is dependable, as somebody who is not going to come up with, with reasons why you can't do something.
2: Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, if you, if you can find a gig where you can sub out, God bless you. You know, but I was, I thought I was on a gig that way. And then when I actually did have to sub out the guy was like, you know what? Uh, Never mind." And I got replaced. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was like a, you know, it it didn't feel good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I thought you were headed there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Was that that a a moment
0: for you where you kind of went, Oh, that's, let's not do that again.
2: It was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm tired of working for other people. I got to get something going for myself. You Mm -hmm. know, if you can get to that point, great. And I'm still striving to get to that point, you know, uh, but again that's when you learn the business. It's not easy when you're doing it yourself. You have to take care of all the odds and ends. When I'm on tour, you know, with with Stevie Van Zandt or, or whoever, you know, I just wake up, get on a bus, and I end up wherever I'm supposed to be, or I get on a plane, you know. I don't worry about, you know, take, paying my band. I don't worry about uh, who's who's got their their buyout so they can eat lunch. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't worry about any of that. I don't I don't worry about transport. Transporting people. Uh, the the few times I've, I've been able to do gigs with my my rock band Army of the Underdog, you know, I'm the one who's having to, to book the transportation, make sure everybody has a room they're okay with, uh, make sure they they get some food, and make sure I have five cents left over for myself. Right. <laughs> you know, it's right. it's, it's, it's it, and that's challenging. It's really challenging, especially if you know, it. I'm I'm not. 22 anymore and willing to live you know or or my band members aren't you know 19 22 willing to live in an rv and you know people want yeah. people want rooms <laughs> right. yeah yeah right. so you, you know things change the older you get and your perspective and your needs uh, especially on the road change so you, you, all that ha- comes into play when when you're on on the road um but it, it all goes back to learning the business, <laughs> so that you can you can handle those kind of situations and stay cool and not freak out because it, it it can get so overwhelming. I know there were times I was like, oh my god, why did I even decide to do this? Um, but you know you, you want you want to make sure that you're a part of all that, even though it's annoying and and it, it's like all I want to do is be on stage, but that's what keeps it going, and and you need to know how to, to be able to handle it.
0: Yeah, because if you're not careful and if you haven't been paying attention, then it will wear on you because yeah. the, the machine, if the machine doesn't run smoothly and you're in charge of the machine, right. I mean, the attrition rate must be, you Ugh. know, yeah. get this, I'm you know, I'm not doing this.
2: Right, yeah, and, and, and who wants to deal with complaints, especially from your bandmates and they're like, oh, you know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs>
0: How, I mean, in terms of how much do you miss the stage right now? How how hard has that been? Is there is it a huge void?
2: It's it, it, it's like trying to cross the Atlantic in in a paddle boat, <laughs> The yeah. void here. Yeah. Um, the desire to be on the stage is is immeasurable. Um, yeah, I, I I can't even. I I do the live streams, which is great. Yeah. And I try to make it fun and interesting. And in the last live stream I did, I. I got. I had my band with me, and it was amazing. I was at the Bowery Electric, so I'm at a, an actual venue, and um, you know, I have a full band. It, it was just exciting to have that moment, even though there was nobody there. You know, just having that. So, uh, you know, if I can get more of that, at least I, I think it will hold me over. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm. I'm. I every every musician I know is itching for it. They're like. It, it's almost like a physical reaction to not being able to perform.
0: I spoke to, and I've mentioned this almost every podcast since I've spoken to, I spoke to Tyler from uh, Neon Trees. And he mm. said to me something that I have not stopped thinking about where he said, when this is over, when coronavirus is over, when there's a vaccine, when it's under control, he said, a lot of people won't be around anymore. Like in other words, like a lot of artists will have mm. to, they won't be, they can't afford to be an artist anymore. Um, oh no. And that is just yeah. that is heartbreaking.
2: Well, because you know, people it, it, it's it's like when you when you when people find out you're a singer and they're like, "Oh, sing something for me." It's like right. okay, I get it, you know, it, it, it's it's part of who I am, it's my voice, whatever. But that's it's it's my job. I don't ask you to, you know, if you're a dentist, pull this tooth for me, you know. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. So <laughs> people view the arts as is something that's it's so arbitrary and unnecessary and 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 but it is necessary because that's what everybody especially is gravitating towards in this moment in, 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 people are hungry for music and 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 movies and 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 not and being deprived of it it's like even the public is itching for it I know so, but but we provide something that is so integral to the to the sanity of society, yet we're treated as as this unnecessary um, you know outlier kind of job that it's like you know just deal with it, figure it out, and and you'll be fine. No, no, you know this is my job. Just like you know, uh, just like you have to go into the office and and take care of your business. This is my business that you appreciate that you love.
0: Right. But,
2: but you you know, you don't care that I I'm I'm currently starving right now. <laughs> you know, right. it, it, you do the live streams and you ask for a virtual tip jar and you know four people send you something, two of them are your parents, you know. And and I get it everybody's struggling right now, but you know a dollar goes a long way. If yeah. if you have if you have you know 20, 30 100 people watching you, you know, you get a hundred dollars. That's more than what you had. It it makes a difference. So it's, it's like if you appreciate what we do, then, then please show us because we're struggling and, and the artist community is going to be the one that comes back last. And until people can congregate until we can come together in such a way that people feel healthy and safe, you're, you're not going to have your shows. You're not going to have your, your, your big venue moments and, and, and the people that you love are suffering the most for it. So yeah, we a lot of people probably won't be able to continue to do it. I you know I'm I'm trying to hold on as, as best as I can just like all my other artist friends, you know, we 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 are taking on other jobs and other things and because we have yeah, ultimately we do want to get back to it, but if if this is the new normal for the next 2 years, it's not going to work that way. It's no. just not
0: No, no, no. You're going to have a lot of people having to find alternative careers, which is so scary. And I, and I also think that there's something about the accessibility of music now and art in general. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the old days, I remember I watched that Tribe Called Quest documentary and the Q-tips in this weird record store, just crate diving. Right. Right. And people, people don't remember that, like when you wanted something, you had to look for it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. A book, uh, you know, an album, a, a movie. Um, Like on Saturday Night Live, you would see someone would tell you about a bit and it wasn't on YouTube the next day. You had to wait like a year for the rerun. Right. There's something kind of like where art has become something people flick away. Like it's Mm -hmm. so easy. And um, someone said to me once, they said, Oh, they told me their mother's story um, growing up somewhere in, in Japan. And he said, You should write my mom's story. It practically writes itself. And I thought, except that it doesn't <laughs>
2: right exactly.
0: is that i have to do that work
2: <laughs> that is but, hard work yeah and it's research work. and it's time and it's crafting you know right. it's the same with writing songs if you like my songs i put a lot of effort into it i didn't just wake up and ba. it's done you know it's a lot of money and effort and i love it but you know if a doctor loves his job should he not get, you know, rewarded or paid for it when he, he does good service? That's right. You know, you can love your job, but still want to be, you know, appreciated and, and, and funded <laughs>
1: right.
2: you know, for what you do. So, you know, I, I hope maybe through this experience, people will start to value how much the, the arts affects their life and, and, and their sanity. Um, and, and, and put more emphasis on saving it, preserving it, elevating it to the status that it should be. In.
0: Right. Because you'll miss it if it's gone.
2: Right. Right. Really- and, and I think yeah. that
0: people are finding like, Oh yeah, I can't just go to a concert right now. I can't.
2: Right. Right.
0: So yeah, it's, I know, I know it's a, it's a pretty serious moment in, in our lives as human right. beings.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and so I, I admire your resilience and I, Thank um,
1: you. You know,
0: <laughs> I also love your album and yeah (laughs) I know and I and the way the show works is to is an introduction I'm gonna sort of talk about it extensively and I want you and I just have a freestyle about it but I love your album and I just I what I love about it is that it feels like a song cycle it feels like a beginning a middle and an end
2: wow thank you thank you I appreciate that yeah I I try to line it up in such a way um and and again you know it was It came at a very dark period in my life, um, but I wanted it to end where I was trying to do better and see better and know that things are going to get better. Um, So there's a lot of darkness, but then there's also faith and hope presented in there.
0: How do you handle darkness? Like when these things were happening to you, did it feel overwhelming at one point? Oh yeah. Right?
2: It was completely overwhelming, which is what Shoes Dropping is all about the first song uh, that that song, I, I, I had a couple of nervous breakdowns at that point in my life. And I was like, I can't take anymore. I and then I was pleading with God, you know, God has always been a, a big part of my upbringing and, and who I who I was. And it, at that point in my life, I, I, I was questioning my relationship with God.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was
2: like, Are you even there? You know, they say he won't give you more than you can bear. I was like, I can't take anymore. And it felt like more was coming every day. Um, so that's that's kind of where that song came from but it also became the catalyst to to go on this journey to to say okay i want to release this album with these songs with this this intent with this push is like okay this is a last ditch effort i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make it about jesse this time um so in a way even though it was my darkest hour it it led to one of the best things happening in my life, which is, you know, getting my record deal and, and then being able to put out the album. Um, but yeah, it, it, you can hear in in some of the songs the moment I was at my my darkest and the moments where I was looking for hope and searching for hope. And and the moments where I when I found resolve and and, and acceptance. Um, and then but, I, you know, I had other songs, too, that I just wanted to include because I didn't want it just to be about you know, doom and gloom, and, and you know, I didn't want to be preachy. I also wanted it to be fun. So that's kind of what over and over is about, over and over is, is fun. End of time, it's something bubblegum, juicy, happy, because you, know, you need that. You can't just have this one you know, nugget of, of sadness. You have to give it some kind of hope and happiness. So.
0: Yeah, and there's a beautiful balance with, with all those themes. Thank you yeah yeah it's a beautiful beautiful album and i've loved talking to you thank you for for talking oh, about anything and being so open
2: <laughs> thank you it's been so much fun i really appreciate having this conversation and, and i i'm so happy that you like the album thanks
0: <laughs> i love the album and i hope you'll come back on the show
2: i would love to <laughs>
0: Lovely conversation with Jesse Wagner, and i got to tell you, talking to her face-to-face, I mean, this is a woman with undeniable wattage. I mean, she she's going to be a superstar. She's remarkable. Uh, I love that chat. Uh, Jesse Wagner official, Jesse with an IE, uh, will get you where you need to go to find out all about what's happening in Jesse Wagner's life. Shoes dropping. It already dropped October 9th. Go get it. It's an amazing album, one of the year's very best. Uh, I have not put out one of the year's very best albums, but you can still go to my website, uh, alexgreenonline.com. I think I've written a pretty good book, Malraux and the Midnight Organ Fight. Go buy that one wherever you buy books. Indie booksellers are the way to go. Uh, I know Amazon is convenient, but uh, support support your local indie bookstore. Have them order my book for you. They'll be happy to do it, and I'll be happy that you did it. So uh, everybody wins. You can follow me on Instagram at emberspodcast, Podcast, or you can follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor, or you can just email me, editor, at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. So go to the one that you use, subscribe, leave us a rating, tell a friend, have them tell a friend, and uh, have them report back to you that they told a friend to tell a friend all right it sounds like a lot of work uh, but it's not it's like pyramid marketing you do it once then everybody else does all the work and uh, in the end you make about 47 dollars. thank you as always for listening to our show week in and week out let's take a fuller listen to jesse wagner's what you get is what you see enjoy it and i'll see you next time right here on stereo embers the podcast only on bombshell radio
1: Sorry dad, I really wish I knew that when I grew up I'd be so much like you No, I wasted time not knowing where to begin But now we're going from strangers to the closest of friends Sorry sis, I know that I should not call But of common interest we have lived that lasts all day. I'm so sorry. I'm not the best that I could be. Oh, I'm still trying. But what you get is what you see. Who you need me, me? Who you need? what you see me who me me sorry god i didn't pray much today and there's no time cuz i hadn't rid- In you I still believe But I feel lost sometimes And to the answers I need It seems you turn a blind eye I'm so sorry Sorry. But I'm keeping the faith I need Oh Lord I'm trying But what you get is what you It is what you see. Ooh, you, he, me, me. Ooh, you.